0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, the only podcast guaranteed to make you say, "Did <laughs> they just say that?"
1: That that are why am I watching this? <laughs> <laughs> where did my where did the last ten minutes of my life go? Or man, where's my life headed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> why am I getting information from the? That's Tim suckers? Chelswick. That's I'm Matt, Matt Drury. Drury.
1: Yeah, that's right. We're Two cohorts looking to cure your corona blues.
0: <laughs> corona, that sounds like a the name of a band. That's right. What corona about, blues. What, what about Wuhan clan?
1: <laughs> That's that is <laughs> the name of a band, right? Wu-Tang clan? Close enough.
0: <laughs> These guys are just a little a little more ill. A yeah, so low if, grade if, fever.
1: If you haven't caught the last couple podcasts, we uh, are mass. Uh, filming these things. Yeah, because we're in the same shirts yeah. for all these episodes. We, this is our last day in the studio for a while. This is not the end of the world, but we're being responsible citizens taking our president's um, mm-hmm. um kind of, I guess his recommendation recommendations, recommendations and we're going to shut down the studio uh, for the next week and a half or two weeks. We'll see how it goes, mm-hmm. but uh, anyhow, so we're filming a bunch of podcasts so that we have plenty of content over the next three weeks in case we are not here to do it in person.
0: Yep. We are your lifeline in a world sequestered to their homes. I've, and I apologize right now. <laughs> if this is, <laughs> we're weird. not saying it's a great lifeline, but it is a lifeline. It,
1: It wouldn't be the lifeline that I would call on who wants to be a millionaire. Like that would not be
0: for any kind of factual information. I wonder what Matt and Tim would do in this situation. No one's saying that.
1: No, no, they're not. But hey, if this provides any sort of entertainment, now you're talking. powerful. We're in our, that's our lane. And (laughs) it's the fast lane too, baby. Entertainment, (laughs)
0: shenanigans. Entertainment, shenanigans, and personal injuries.
1: Tomfoolery.
0: And uh, there's another word too. It, it escapes me,
1: but <laughs> There's plenty of other words <laughs> right?
0: Who knows where words come from We've got Dr. Brick Stewart back on with us Again, a doctor of chiropractic Last week we talked about land management What he's doing on his farm That he's uh, acquired in the past I guess this will be his fourth year hunting it Or the fourth year owning it um, But he's a chiropractor And you and I are both Not getting any younger no,
1: You're 40 mm, one. Mm-hmm. Like Forty I'm turning 39 tomorrow and right. yeah the, the birthday that never was i, I had
0: so much planned but <laughs> yeah, yeah a lot of it's canceled you now. and my wife both i'm sure <laughs>
1: <Shucks>. <laughs> oh shoot we can't celebrate your birthday <laughs> but, we, yeah. but here's a nope i didn't even get you a card
0: <laughs> i told beth i was like my wife i was like i was gonna get you a trip to the bahamas we were gonna go yeah. in a couple of weeks it was gonna be a surprise
1: fun fact that you can get a lot of airline tickets pretty cheaply right now and i believe almost all of them are like fully refundable if you can't go on the trip so i'm sure you should look into that like uh, you better watch what you tell her because you might be going to the bahamas there's still uh, there's still still tickets available you know there's always when when times are tough markets drop there's always
0: there's opportunity opportunity to be Mm -hmm.
1: had yep so selling toilet paper that's well for the degenerates out there yes people (laughs) are doing that i know it's it's so I call them degenerates. That's a good idea. If we're listening to the show and <laughs> you're selling toilet paper, you probably are our, our audience, actually. <laughs> we always said degenerates. Watch you're this. Making thing.
0: a ground beef and toilet paper casserole, you are evil. Yes. Yeah. So two things in high demand.
1: To circle back with where we were headed with this topic oh, yeah, is that Tim show. and I are getting not getting any younger. We both are starting to experience <sighs> uh, shoulder, elbow injuries. And a lot of it, honestly, we, we work from a desk, you know, everybody thinks you get a a lot in the hunting industry. It's not the case. We're mostly at a desk all day, every day. So with that comes very, um, uh, repetitive. Well, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but they're injuries, injuries injuries that I like to not talk about, (laughs) but our reality, and I think probably brick deals with this type of thing all the time. So.
2: Very often, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of shoulder, elbow, tendonitis. I see a lot of it, and a lot of them come to me because they know I'm bow hunter and they think I know how to work on it. And so I pick up a few people for that.
0: Yeah, it it, it really concerns me. <laughs> All joking aside, it really concerns me because we're um, not that old. We're, we're not that old, and bow hunting is, is such a passion. It's also how we make a living. So you want to bow hunt as long into your life as
1: possible. That's what I keep telling my wife. For some reason, she always says I make my living in an office, not in the woods. <laughs> yeah, my
0: wife's starting to make that distinction too. <laughs>
1: yeah, I so uh, I don't know how much longer we'll be able to get ch- away with that. Chicken and the egg, baby. <laughs> so, sorry. but the point is, not even if it's your the way you make your living. It's important. It's a passion. Yeah. You want to be able to draw your bow back and, and it's the reality of which, uh, a lot of crossbows are being sold as to why Mm -hmm. as, as the hunting population is aging out, basically the baby boomers as they can continue to age out, they want to continue to hunt as long as they can. And the reality of it is a lot of them just can't pull a bow back from shoulder injuries or deterioration or years of pulling a 70 or 80 pound bow in the eighties and our nineties or whatever, before these bows got so fast Mm -hmm. and now they're paying the Piper. So.
0: So, so, so Brick, what are some of the com- the common things that you see bow hunters face as they get older?
2: Uh, part of the main one is with the shoulder is going to be the rotator cuff. And I think everybody's heard it from baseball, from hearing it with just players having it. and then uh, But it carries right over into the uh, bow hunting industry also and any bow hunter. But that's the... That's the biggest group of muscles that actually will work or encapsulate the shoulder, mm-hmm. and so that's the most common one that's injured.
0: And what is there? Is there anything that a bow hunter can do prevent to, it. yeah, prevent it?
2: So with a rotator cuff, usually it's either injured through uh, overuse or what I would call it dysfunctional use, or repetitive use, or using it with like not good mechanics like shooting a bow for instance sometimes people draw back bows in different ways whether they're pulling too much weight uh or just uh not a good form or mechanics and it can really uh really take a toll on some of those muscles
0: what would be the most anatomically friendly way of drawing a bow <sighs>
2: That's something I think might be different for everybody, but as far as anatomics, I always tell people when they're using a bow, the most common muscle that you should use would be the posterior part of your shoulder. So whenever you're pulling a bow back, you'll want to squeeze your shoulder blade to your spine to engage more of those muscles. So it's not all shoulder and not all like the actual capsule itself. Mm -hmm. You're actually recruiting muscle in the shoulder blade and the spine to get your motion to pull it all the way back. That way you're going to make that anchor and your shoulder is going to be level anyway with your other arm and your shoulder is going to be pulled back.
1: So say you are having some issues with it, your shoulder, and it it's just, it mm-hmm. hurts to pull to pull your bow back it it hurts to do for me personally like right now and this started mid season this started early november i drew back on a doe and and i've had kind of chronic shoulder issues for the last three years got a a a cortisone shot in it you know a few years ago started feeling better but once i started kind of working out and you know did physical therapy after that Mm -hmm. and then started working out and taking a little bit better care of myself i felt like i i got rid of any issues well then last fall i go to draw back on a doe that basically pegged us early november and got under my vengeance <laughs> kill got my gizzard got your gizzard, <laughs> and uh triple canopy to go to go back to the previous podcast while my board of the day but it, it got my craw and so i drew back and you know I, i'm pulling 63 pounds and <clears throat> i draw back she kind of bust me on the draw and then she, you know, stands there forever. I'm thinking I'm going to get a shot. Then she runs off and I'm, she's still looking at us and there's other deer in the field. And so I held it forever. And then I finally draw down, but man, when I drew down, it was, it was a it's couple a minutes force. worth and it, it liked to pull my shoulder out of my socket. Well, then she came back out and I drew back on her again. Cause I thought <laughs> for sure, here's my chance. Then she ran and I didn't ever get gonna, a shot off. Jack, this guy's shoulder up so bad. Yeah. So, So like that was, I can pinpoint that was the day that it really started bothering me. And I'm to the point now where, man, in the late season there, you know, so we like, I kill a buck and during the rut, then don't, uh, you don't have to hunt with my bow until after gun season. Mm -hmm. So it was a few weeks and basically then December hits and I'm, you know, practicing. It was just then late season, it's cold. It was just hurting. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it has not gone away. I mean, I can't, there's certain motions, like once I get to this rotation, anything from here back or scratching my back, or, you know, there's certain rotations that hurt so bad. It's like, all right, I need so. and I know you're not a physical therapist, but are there anything, any exercises, band work that you would recommend in general to kind of help strengthen it back up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we do a lot of therapy in our office for that same motion that you're talking about, Matt. The motion of the rotator cuffs that you're going to want to do, you're going to want to do internal and external rotation, whether your elbow's uh, arm is up or if it's actually to your side. Uh, you want to do those abduction adduction type of exercises to really strengthen that up. And to your point, most shoulder injuries are, like you said, when you're letting the bow down, not necessarily coming back with it. Uh, the rotator cuff muscles are the muscles that come from the back and they will come across and they actually, their job is to hold the arm bone, which is a humerus into its socket. So basically that's what holds that uh, shoulder together. There's not a real deep uh, socket for that arm to set in. So when those muscles coming around and you're at holding back whenever you go to let down and they're trying to hold that back into place, they really have the most strain when you're trying to let that down. Same way when a pitcher will throw, say like when, when Adam throws as hard as you can throw and he's going forward with it, those muscles are pulling back to hold that arm into play. So that's why they're most commonly torn uh, through pitchers instead of any other baseball players out there. Hmm.
1: I need a diagram.
0: (laughs) I need. (laughs) When you start looking at at anatomical uh, images of how our bodies are put together, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's unreal. Just, just the different forces that like the complex forces that are on joints and how we're just incredible animals but not me and you personally but no we're like human body (laughs) physical specimens (laughs) yeah we're specimens (laughs) all right
1: (laughs) broke down (laughs) broken complaining about it and stuff
0: (laughs) it's so like so right now i'm i'm dealing with about a tennis elbow and i i I got it like mid-december it was before christmas and i was still able to draw but man it was it was it was painful. And so I've been, I've been seeing a chiropractor for and I got the compression strap on there, but that's, that's good. something that it's, I I've got to, I've got to get cured of it because it's, it really impacts my daily life and it makes me think twice about coming to full draw. Cause I know it's not going to feel good. Yeah. So in the case of tennis elbow, how does, how does someone first prevent it? And then if they get it, how do they come out of it?
2: Yeah, prevention is one of those things, again, like the rollercoaster cuff. it happens before you know it ever really is going to happen to you. But as far as taking care of it, the main thing is, uh, and it's not for everything in therapy, but uh, the phrase, no pain, no gain, doesn't apply to you. However, with uh, tendonitis, like with the uh, golfer's elbow or tennis elbow, uh you kind of have to work through that. You're going to have to work to break those little uh, adhesions up in the tendon and get them to restretch back out. So the band is perfect because it will hold it for a period of time, but it's going to take some therapy into that tendon to really get it to function the way it's supposed to again before it's not something that kind of comes on and off. Yeah.
1: So, so in all that therapy, it's, is band work the best kind of the best medicine?
2: I definitely like band work uh, better than just free weights. Band work on the shoulder or the uh, wrist and tendons you're going to have you're going to have tension, you know, on flexion and extension of both motions back and forth. So.
1: And bands, you can get you can get those at Walmart in the sporting section. I mean, you can. Oh yeah, you can get them for cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cheap. It's it's probably the cheapest way to kind
2: of get it back into form, isn't it? Oh, by all means, yeah, definitely cheapest way, way cheaper than buying iron. Yeah, and safer. You just got to
1: be careful that you're, if you're trying to do this stuff at home that you're like, there's plenty of documentation online that you could print out that kind of gives you the, the motions that you need to, you know, and the angles that you got to take so that you don't mess it up even worse. Mm -hmm. I I would recommend going to see somebody first. (laughs) Yeah. Let's
0: put this disclaimer out there. Rick is a doctor. You and I are not doctors. So don't anyone go taking our
1: advice. Although my initials are MD. So you should go with that.
0: (laughs) There you go. So what's your name? Well, Don't worry about my name. Just I'm a medical doctor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, What about other? What about uh, what? uh, What other injuries do bow hunters have to watch out for? Shoulder, arm-wise.
2: Uh, mainly, uh, the other one that you could, that you want to watch out for too, is any kind of, bis- look, well, it's kind of like we talked about before we got into this one was Rick Malick biceps tendons. Uh, sometimes you can get a biceps tendon tear. Uh, and a lot of time those will also create dysfunction, which then lead into rotator cuff or vice versa, but biceps tendon tendonitis or tear are very common. But like I said, Rick Malick, well, actually Sean Lundy just went through surgery and Sean had his rotator cuff and his biceps fixed at the same time. And he's slinged up right now too.
0: That's right. It's it's hard, I, I think, in in general for people, but especially for guys who are active and like being involved in you know land management and hunting and everything, to to, to take it easy,
1: or if you get injured, to take the time to actually get it fixed properly. Yeah, you know, it, it, it
0: took me two months to finally figure. Like, screw it, I'm I'm tired of this being an issue. I've got to go see someone. I'm thinking I can fix it myself.
2: Yeah, usually hunters are are the one that have a lot of grit. They're not willing to take off time from the woods or from the jobs to go get these things fixed. But if not, if it continues to plug and they can lead into further damage and then it leads into a major surgery. like Sean, he said, I think he's." I think he told me seven shots through the ears in his shoulder to try to mask the pain and finally got to the point he had to have something done, but that's why he had it done now because The only time he could do it before he had to go into his fall is to do it now. So, but most guys don't take the time.
0: Is is that really what cortisone does? It just masks the pain, or does it actually do anything physically?
2: No, it. It, it physically does. What it'll do is it'll, it's basically a heavy dose anti-inflammatory. So it will reduce inflammation in the tendon. So the tendonitis isn't so painful, but if the dysfunction is still there, it eventually will come back, but uh, it's, it can be damaging to the joint. Usually most won't give you, but three shots a year, every three to four months is all you can get one into a certain capsule.
0: So that has a certain lifespan because of the The negative. It
2: does. It starts to leach the calcium, and then it's more a risk of uh, soft tissue, connective tissue injuries, or bone fractures. Okay, gotcha.
0: One of my favorite memories is shortly after my left shoulder dislocated, I was shooting my bow at uh, in my backyard, and I took a shot, and I don't know what was different about it, but my shoulder dislocated forward, (laughs) the bow hand. So, (laughs) the bow is. Hang, it's still in the sling on my wrist. So the bow is hanging there, my arm's hanging there at my side. And I, it's your shirt's holding it all together, (laughs) (laughs) it's just held on (laughs) my skin. And I had to like pull the bow off my left hand. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't work, you know, my left hand very well. Him like
1: what, like, uh, what was it? That movie wasn't the Die Hard series. The lethal weapon lethal weapon. what you have to just go run into something like, <laughs> you know, I had Gibson? Finally, <laughs> by that
0: point, and, and And I wasn't, I wasn't lifting weights at that point. And so my shoulder was pretty weak, which also meant it, 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 dislocated easily, but it also reduced easily. So I was able to get it back in on my own, but I don't know where the arrow went. it, <laughs> Cause Somebody I shot my <laughs>
1: probably vaporized. Matt, nah, let's uh, cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I had an arrow in my. Pocket. Always identify
2: your target, Tim.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's that cloud. I guess you can't really predict a old so, a shoulder dislocation <laughs> no, on the yeah. bow arm. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean that <laughs> Cause it seems counterintuitive. And I know it was coming. <laughs> like, seems like that would not be the arm that. <laughs> would be dis dislocated. Yeah, I mean nor- normally when when you're when you're at full draw,
0: there's forces pushing back in there. But I guess like at the shot, you were may- so dainty. Maybe that- <laughs> I'm a spry man, but at the shot, maybe a little bit of force going forward was what pulled it out. <laughs> the, one of the, the other the other worst part was there people watching. Oh, <laughs> so I made some better. Of, <laughs> I made some kind of noise at, at the shot. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Like, okay. This is how you arch. People. yeah.
1: So another great podcast in the books. We brought this down to a Corona level. <laughs> Just we have Like another, you expected us to. Have,
0: Craig from Rockford might be able to help us out
1: with our question. Of the oh day. heck, we're still going to answer a question. All right. Question of the day is brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Your adventure starts here.
3: Hi, my name is Craig Goodwin. I live in Rockford, Illinois. My question is, I've been deer hunting for about four years, and um, I have river bottoms that I can hunt, and they told me I can make food plots. What would be the best food plot material to start to draw in the deer? I mean they eat the native grass, but I want to make a little like an acre, less than an acre area to draw the deer in. What would be the best way to start and what would be the best way, uh, material or food to plant to draw the deer in? And again, my name is Craig Goodwin. I'm from Rockford, Illinois, and I thank you very much for uh, listening to my question.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the show, Craig. And sometimes it sounds like our listeners are being held hostage <laughs> and they're reading
1: a ransom letter. My name is <laughs> You know, but uh, hey, that's not easy. We need we should delete that whole part. <laughs> Berating the guests.
0: <laughs> Craig's cool. He'll be cool with it. <laughs> so I figured you're an Illinois boy. Obviously, Illinois is very different top to bottom, but, but river bottom land, that's probably pretty fertile soil and just bucks are probably traveling yeah. that quite a bit, but just kind of taking a stab at it. What do you think, Brick?
2: Yeah. So actually where I, where my farm is, I'm actually right in the river country. I'm right on the Ohio river. We've got the Wabash river and a lot of them that come in, in this area. So first thing I would do is, and I think Matt, your farm up in Missouri. is kind of the river. I'd make sure and see, does it flood during the season? And if it doesn't, I don't (laughs) know really what to do. But sorry, if it doesn't flood and it's a softer ground, I would go, especially if it's only an acre, I would go with something with a, that produces a lot of tonnage. I would look at doing uh, either maximum winter bulbs, sugar beets. Uh, with that soft soil, they're going to expand and really make some big bulbs, and you're going to have a big forage toss. Hmm. Uh, if it's something that's real wet or holds water, I would go oats, trophy oats.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. I couldn't give you any uh, expertise here because my place has been flooded since we bought it. <laughs> it's great for waterfowl. We planted a lot of stuff, but it never... Uh- <sighs> It always floods about two weeks after I get it in the
0: ground. Makes for some really neat time lapse from your iconics cameras. Yeah, but it that's does. about yeah. all you get out of it.
1: Yeah. Oh. All right.
0: Craig, thank you for uh, for the question. We appreciate it. Hopefully that helps you out. If you want to leave a question, go to drearyoutdoors.com slash podcast and click the send voicemail button. It's easy, it's quick. Be quick about it and give us your name and location and what you're wondering about. And we promised Tim won't make fun of anybody else on the podcast. That's how you know you're in the club when you're cool enough to be made fun of. Yeah. And actually we're making fun with. I've been in the club a long time. <laughs> People who don't know the you Mark are Terry in the club. M and C. Well, we got a wildlife word. Let's let's pound this thing out. Well, don't say
1: that. <laughs> let's do it. Well, don't say that either. Let's right. hear <laughs> it.
0: Clean slate. This week's wildlife word is thermoregulation. Sound familiar Sounds to anybody? Sounds
1: technical, that's for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> Sounds like it's a word. Thermoregulation is the ability of an organism to keep its body temperature within certain boundaries, even when that. the surrounding temperature is very different. Shivering and sweating are examples of how humans thermoregulate.
1: Like at the beginning of this podcast, you were shivering. Yeah. Now we're sweating. No, <laughs> like flop sweating.
0: It's like, can we be done with this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thermoregulation. You're welcome,
1: everybody. I kind of knew it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of didn't kind of doesn't count. Well, <laughs> you, you lost your point. For- <laughs> if it was a, here, here's what I would say. If it was multiple choice, I probably would have got it right.
0: Okay. So maybe i <laughs> will start doing some multiple choice in the future. That would we'll be fun. Let's see, see
1: how, they, see let's how, see how I do. Yes. Yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> now we're my speed. Yes. Multiple choice. <laughs> ACDC, ACDC. Well, are all the above, you know, you know, that choice. Oh, there's D. gotta be some of those. Yeah. All the above. Yeah. All right. Next week. I I I would go
2: true or false. That way it's 50, 50.
1: Yeah. I did decent in my, uh, (laughs) ACTs with the strategy. There is an art to taking tests.
0: Yeah, You don't even have to know the content. If you know how to take a test, you can do okay. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's your case, but probably it was. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for watching.
1: Some people are street smart, not book smart. (laughs) Some aren't either. (laughs) Ding. (laughs) 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 Don't be looking at me. (laughs) I don't like the way you're looking at me.
0: Brick. I know you've got, um, you've got more uh, important things to do. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Patience to see things. Thank you for hopping on. We really appreciate it.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Hey, no,
0: thank you for being had. Uh, We we appreciate everyone tuning in. Hopefully everyone's staying healthy and safe and sane and all that good stuff.
1: Brick, before we go, are you at at least a little bit worried about having, you know, patients come in? You know, are you taking any extra precautions there at your uh, facility?
2: We're just doing the the basics that I think everybody's doing right now uh there's nobody in our our region that has it, but we're still you know I'm washing my hands between every patient because I'm you know physically touching them we're making sure the tables are cleaned after every patient we're we've got hand sanitizer everywhere but uh
1: stuff you were doing just already. trying to do everything yeah. we can to keep it clean you know that's probably stuff you're already doing though, yeah, yeah, for sure say yes, so business as usual, yes. <laughs> Yeah,
2: business is usual. Well, I'd all like right. to say the same,
1: but we unfortunately do have a case near here that uh, was yeah. positive. And so Yeah, a couple cases now. So we gotta this is it. So if this is the last podcast we ever do, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all we can do is apologize. I'm so honored to be on it then. <laughs> yeah. We ended with a bang. <laughs> like the violins playing on the Titanic. <laughs> so. All right. Thanks, Brick. All right. Till next time. Peace Heck out. I'll see ya. Be safe. Wash those hands.